to the Agape Leaders Podcast. This week, we have a chat with Dr. Greg Mays. As always, I'm so excited to be back here with you and to be sharing what God has put on my heart. I hope you got a glance at the title of this week's podcast episode. You ain't slick. The focus of this week's episode is talking about times in the Bible where people tried to pull a fast one with Jesus Christ. And I pray that the lesson that I believe God is teaching us through the life of Christ, one of the lessons, is when you're rooted in God's word, when you have a relationship with God the Father, then people can try, but they will never be able to quote unquote, get one over on you. So that's the crux of this week's episode. So let's get started. Well, one of the first passages I wanted us to discuss this week is found in the book of John. Now, side note, there are many early manuscripts that do not have the passage we're going to talk about at this place. However, there are manuscripts that have this story and parts of this story within it. So, although it may not have happened in the, it may not be in the manuscript that we read, it is in the the canon. It is a part of Jesus' life. So I just want to put that out there. And in fact, I would encourage you to kind of rewind what I just said and then go into the Bible and do your own study. This is also one of those passages where I've heard people who say they only believe in the King James Version, which I don't understand that concept. But they say, oh, I don't, if it's not in the King James, then, well, this is in the King James. However, it also has this disclaimer. And if you are really a Bible scholar, just being honest with you, if you're really a Bible scholar, you don't stop at a translation. It's a translation. You go and you do your real research. These Bibles were put together through, translated rather, by many Bible scholars. And so I would encourage you not to get bogged down in that, but to allow yourself to do your research, do your studying, develop your relationship, allow your relationship with God to grow on its own. So that's a side note that is not really a specific part of what I wanted to get into today. And so let's jump into John chapter 8. And many of you know this story. It is the story about the woman who was caught in adultery. And it says, Then they all went home, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, 
teacher. This woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said, Let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, Go now and leave your life of sin. You see, you ain't slick. Here, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law are trying to trick Jesus. And here's how. If Jesus says, yes, stone her, well, then he's going to get in trouble with the Roman soldiers and the Roman Empire because the Jews were not allowed to execute people. And so that was a trap for Jesus. Well, if he says, no, don't stone her, then they can say, well, you're breaking Moses' law. You're not a man of God. So what does he do? He says, well, let you who is among her, uh, let the one of you who is without sin cast the first stone. If, if she has to be stoned, well, then if you deem yourself worthy, then you go ahead and cast the stone. And notice that they all went away. Now, there, there are discussions or I've heard people teach that what Jesus stooped down to write when it says he stooped down to write uh, on the ground. Some people say that they believe that Jesus may have been writing down their sins, that he may have been writing down scripture. At the end of the day, it's not there. So whatever he was writing may not be important to the, the long story of it. And that is, it was not okay for them to want to stone this woman. And Jesus, in fact, tells them, well, if you're, if you're able to condemn her, then you do that. And they went away. And so that's a story in the Bible that I like to say, you ain't slick. They were trying to catch Jesus so that they themselves could cause him some problems. But because he's Jesus Christ, as the Bible tells us, he not only knows the word, the Bible helps us to understand that he is the word made in flesh. And so, of course, he would know that they were trying to get over on him. I would encourage you to go back and read that passage and do your kind of research. Look into the notes. I have study notes. I have a study Bible, so there's notes in there. I would encourage you to do that. And the reason why is because 
Everything in this Bible is designed for you to grow in your relationship with God the Father. This is what the Bible is for. As you grow in your relationship with God the Father, then you are more in tune to what he is calling you to do so that you can be about his business. You cannot allow yourself to get bogged down because you didn't take the time to learn the word and to understand what God is saying in his word. It doesn't matter what Greg says. It doesn't matter what your pastor says if what we are saying is not in line with the word of God. And the best way for you to understand what God is calling us to do or calling you to do is for you to get in the word yourself. Well, the next time people try to get slick with Jesus that I want to talk about is found in Matthew 22. And the idea is that uh, at verse 15, it says, then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. So as you can see that the Pharisees really think they're smart, right? They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? I love this. But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? He just went straight at him. Why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius and he asked them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And when they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. You see, they were trying to trap him, and they couldn't do it. Why? Because Jesus is not into the silly games. You know, you ain't slick. And this is what people try to do to you. They will use, they'll even try to use the Bible itself against you and and what you believe. And we'll come to that in a little while. So here these people are trying to trick Jesus into saying, well, no, don't pay taxes. Why? If he says don't pay taxes, then he could be in trouble with the Roman law. And if he comes out and just says, well, yeah, you should pay taxes, well, then they're going to try to trick him into saying, well, I thought you were the son of God. You know that these tax collectors are hard on us and they're stealing from us and whatever. Yeah, I I haven't ever heard anybody kind of talk about that piece right there. So I don't want to be saying something that may not be fully accurate but that's how i interpret that is they wanted to get him to say no don't pay taxes but i encourage you again to go in and take a read at that for yourself as well but at the end of the day 
he says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's and give to God that which is God. And that is that. Something I want you to hold on to. We live in this world, but we're not to be of this world. There are things in this world that we're going to have to do. We are to just to stay with this kind of motif. We are going to have to pay our taxes. We are going to have to follow laws. There may be laws that we don't like, but we have to follow them because God has told us in his word that there is no government that God has not allowed to be in place. So we must be careful. And of course, we should not compromise ourselves, but we also require to follow the law. And that is why it is so important for you to have a relationship with God the Father, to be in his word, to be praying, to be surrounded by a body of believers. If you've ever listened to my TikToks, I say this all the time, you need to be around mature believers, people who have kind of been through the fire and have not been burned, so to speak. You need that because if you are out here trying to do this yourself, you're going to fall into these traps. If they were trying to trap Jesus, they are going to try to trap you. And, and you go ahead and tell them, you ain't slick. And so the next one that I want to talk to you about is actually a disciple. And it's not so much a trick, but it's just trying to sound religious or pious. And we see this in Matthew chapter 18. A little background. In Matthew 18, starting at verse 15, Jesus teaches about dealing with sin in the church. If you have a New International Version study Bible, you may have a heading there that says dealing with sin in the church. And Jesus kind of walks them down, and I'll give you the cliff notes. The first thing you do is you go to the person and you talk to them one-on-one. If that doesn't work, you bring one or two witnesses with you or two or three people with you, and you have a conversation with them. If that doesn't work, you bring them in front of the church. And if that doesn't work, well, then you treat them like the tax collectors and the pagans. All right. So that's the backdrop. Well, down at verse 21, Peter goes to Jesus and he wants to sound like, yeah, I'm getting this. I'm getting this, Jesus. Watch this. Verse 21, uh, Matthew 18, verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. That is this. I look how look how pious I am. Look how religious and generous I am. Seven times. I love Jesus' response. Jesus answered, "I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. You ain't slick, Peter." loves Jesus. Peter is coming to Jesus. He he probably wants to impress Jesus with, hey, I've been listening to you. I am learning and I, I understand what it is you're trying to teach us. So I, I want to show you, hey, I, how many times should I forget? Seven times. And I love Jesus' response. 
77 times. And here's something neat. A friend of mine did a TikTok the other day. There are 77 in the genealogy. There are 77. You know, this is the son of this, was the son of that. Uh, getting to, from, I think it's the one from Adam to Jesus. I, 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 I need to go back and count that. I don't want to be out here passing because there's two genealogies. You have the one in Luke and you have the one in Matthew. And the one in Matthew, it gives uh, the birth of Jesus. And that genealogy runs from, let me, let me pull that up for you. That genealogy starts at, come on, Greg. You got the Bible, there it is. Got the Bible right in front of you. Yeah, the, the one in Matthew starts at Abraham and it goes to Jesus. So the one in Luke is actually from Adam to Jesus. And so I'm not, I'm not sure. I think she said it's the one from, from Jesus to Adam is the 77. But I've encouraged you, go back and, and count them. But I think that's kind of, it was a side note anyway, that I think it's neat, this, this number 77, and just how it is just, you know, the Bible is just amazing. It's almost impossible to learn every symbol and every lesson there is on this side of heaven. Uh, I would say, I'm going to go out and say it, it is impossible. So, but I encourage you to keep looking and keep reading. Jesus is throughout the Bible. Jesus is throughout the Bible, not just in the New Testament, not just in those four Gospels. But you see Jesus throughout the Bible. We see Jesus in the book of Daniel when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown into the fiery furnace and the king jumps up and says, wait a minute, didn't we just throw three in there? I see four, four men walking around. They were unbound. He said, and, the one, and one of them looks like a, a, a god, right? And so it is amazing to me how Jesus Christ is really throughout this Bible. I'm one of those people that I just have to go back and and quote it exactly correct. It says, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? And they replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. And so Jesus is throughout this Bible. So I want to encourage you that, that something like that symbolism, how many times must I forgive? Seven times. And Jesus says, I tell you not seven, but 77. And it's this idea of you know, there is no you know, limit. It's like there is no number. You, you forgive and you forgive and you forgive. You forgive as many times as forgiveness is needed. You ain't slick. And that's kind of Peter trying to make himself sound big. But Jesus is saying, no, it's bigger than even that. You ain't slick. The last kind of person who 
tried to be slick with Jesus is probably the one that most of you know about. And that is the enemy. In Luke and Matthew chapter 4, we see the enemy try to tempt Jesus. He's been fasting for 40 days. The Bible tells us that at the end of those days, he was hungry. And so the devil comes to him and says, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. So Jesus uses the Bible to combat or to yeah, combat what the enemy is trying to say. The enemy goes on to say, if you are, if you are the son of God, I will give you all, excuse, no, he says, and he said to him, I will give you all their authority and the splendor. He says, look out on this mountain. He took him to a high place. I'll give you all the authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, I will, it will all be yours. And Jesus says, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The importance of understanding the word and understanding how to read it, how to allow the Spirit of the Lord to teach you this word. It's so important. It is so critical because Jesus is using it. And then he, the enemy goes on to quote scripture. He says, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up on their, in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus responds, it is, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. You see, Jesus was able to use God's word to combat or to contradict or to speak against what the devil was saying. You know, you ain't slick. God, Jesus uses God's word. Do you? Because watch this. One of my most eye-opening passages that I read in this Bible is Luke, sorry to say Mark, Luke 4 verse 13. Right after Jesus says, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. The very next verse says, when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. You see, you ain't slick. When people are trying to come at you when they can't get through, Trust me, they're coming back. The enemy is going to keep coming. I liken it to, I don't know if you ever watched this movie called The Terminator. And in that movie, I remember a line in that movie. The woman says something like, you know, uh, what does he give up or what will stop him? And, and the other character says, nothing. He will never stop. As long as he has energy, he will never stop. So it was fascinating 
to me to hear that. And I was reminded, this is the way the enemy is. Remember, the enemy's fate is sealed. His fate is sealed. Your fate is not sealed because you have an opportunity to choose to walk with Christ and to have a right relationship with God the Father. The enemy cannot do that. His fate has been sealed. And so I encourage you, get in your word. As you can see in the Bible, people were trying to trick Jesus Christ. Well, if they were trying to trick Jesus Christ, they are going to try to trick you. It is important for you to get into your word, not only read it, but endeavor to do it. Get around people who know the word, who love the Lord, and are willing to walk beside you to help you as you also will be helping them. This is critical. Well, I pray that you have gotten something from this kind of quick episode of the Agape Leaves. Well, I guess the time on the clock says it's not that quick. <laughs> I want to pray for us and then I will send you back to your day prayerfully to be prepared for whatever God is calling you to do on this day. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you for this listener. I am grateful for them. They could have listened to any other podcast. They could have chosen not to listen to a podcast, but they listened to this one. Thank you for them, Lord. I pray that you will soften their heart, open their ears, open their eyes, let them see what you're doing, let them hear that it's your voice, and then give them the strength and courage to go forward and do all that you have called them to do. As always, Father, I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's all we have for this week's Agape Leaders Podcast. Until next time, you have a blessed week. Thank you.